no, no, no. Just let it let, let it do its thing. That's cool. I didn't know it was right. I didn't never. I've watched podcasts like this before. I never knew how it actually uh, what the logic was. I always thought maybe it was like whoever's speaking it took that microphone, put it center square. Uh, I think uh, Skype used to do that. Skype, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So it can be like that with this too. But if you click like off of the group, off of a person's face, it puts the whole group up, and it looks nice. Oh, okay, cool, nice, beautiful. Also, hello, sir. I haven't been able to hear Hola. you. Thank you for oh, being here. Thank God, because I've been I've been writing your obituary because all that all that vaping going on in the upper corner there. It's like a it's like a fucking, muted, fucking Cheech and Chong movie up there. So well, I try, I try, try to make it look Good cool. Good for you. Cool. Now I'm clouds. not muted. Now there you're we not go. muted. Um, well, what's up, everybody in stream and everyone here? It's another episode of Bounty Board, and this week we have a super special guest. Um, I'll let him introduce himself, but just above me on camera, if you're watching the stream, is the one and only David Jaffe. How's it going, man? It's going good. How are you down there? This is fun. It's like uh, it's the it's the Brady Bunch. It's yeah. Hollywood uh, Squares. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spit down there, and you open your mouth and catch it. Oh Jesus! <laughs> one of these days, we need to actually have someone in the same room so I can pull them from their uh, frame into great. mine. That would be great. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm sorry I'm running late, but uh, it's it's nice to be here. Thank you very much. No, we're absolutely. actually five minutes early than we usually are. So oh, well, there it you all go. works. Yeah, we say yep. ten, and then we start on time. Yeah. Thirty minutes. And later. you guys, you guys are Central Time Zone, right? Correct. We yes, are. Correct. Yes. Where are you? Um, three of us, sorry, two of us are in St. Louis, okay. um, the, myself and Sketch, um, who you've spoken to, uh, yep. Sergeant Sodium in the middle is in Springfield, Illinois, and, okay. uh, Eric Glass, our good friend up in the top is from the, uh, Lone Star State. Gotcha. Okay. Excellent. Yes, good yes, to know. Yes. I, I always grew up with the central time zone. I grew up in Alabama, so I was always having to do the math when the, it's like, you know, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, at you know nine o'clock and six o'clock Central, and I'm like, wait, 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 what? What is that? When is that coming on? So, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm old. I'm old. We didn't have TV on demand back then. You had to actually be in front of the TV when it started. So, yeah, anyway. sure. I had <laughs> yeah, to argue so with I, someone the other day that Mountain Time was a thing. They didn't believe me. It, absolutely, it's a thing. It's they were like, it, it never says there. it on TV. <laughs> no, really it's, it's Pacific Mountain, Central, and East Coast, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't believe me at all. I was like, no, there's nothing there. What is what is Alaska though? What does Alaska get? Because they're not they're not they're not uh, Pacific. No. It's like that weird time zone in Maine, right? That's like the very tip of Maine has the and, other Atlantic time zone. Hawaii's the same thing. Hawaii's like an hour or two ahead or behind. So Shoot. I don't know what Alaska's they call it. got its own time zone. It's called Alaska Daylight Time. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. If you live in Alaska, you deserve your own fucking time zone. Don't you think? Yes. <laughs> you do. I, like, you I don't have anything that. else that everybody else has, it's, so it's you like, at least you, deserve that. Thank you for your service. You get a time zone. Everybody gets a time zone. <laughs> they have to airlift you Taco Bell. Have a time zone. Uh, uh, there you go. Exactly right. uh, I have to interrupt real quick, though. Uh, David, we uh, grew up in Alabama as well. Are you familiar who, with who, Lake Martin? Who, of course, we used to go out on Lake Martin with the boat. Oh my god! Holy oh, shit! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, um, we have like two or three family lake houses on Lake Martin, and we've my, also been out. On a boat. My uncle had a lake house out there, and I'll never forget the day that my brother-in-law pulled a water moccasin from Lake Martin when we were fishing, and, it, and I'm like, I'm never going back in that lake. And nope. I never. <laughs> nope. 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 Biggest <laughs> fucking thing. I was horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah. But yeah How I, about I those Fourth of Julys though? Insane. I never had a, I never had a Fourth of July on on the lake. Oh. I was in uh, I was in Birmingham, and we always just kind of did it there. And we bought fireworks, right. the Crazy Bill fireworks, which they still have Crazy Bill fireworks, but you can't get them out here in California. So every Fourth right. of July and New Year's, I see online people are going to those 
Crazy Bill has the uh, the trailers where you go in and you get these amazing fireworks. And I'm just super jealous because we don't even get to buy sparklers in California. We get nothing because it's wow. a fire hazard. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, we went to Colorado fucking, for fucking social justice warriors <laughs> taking away our fucking fucking sparklers. Yeah, I, I spent like five hundred dollars on fireworks this year and blew them all in one night. Did you buy you buy the big bag, like the giant bag or the giant box of? Like, oh no, I spend like three hours in the superstore buying fireworks because I picked specific things out the whole time. <laughs> he has a culture. Like, like he has a Walmart. culture. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Ryan and I have very defined palettes when it comes to explosions. I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I understand. I used to make movies as a kid, and the greatest thing I ever discovered was two things was magician's flash paper which i don't know if you've ever played with flash paper mm-hmm. but that 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 basically is a little sheet of tissue paper and you light it and it instantly goes <clears throat> like a, like a fireball and then if you would take bottle rockets and you would bury those under the ground and you'd pack them tight with dirt but you'd leave the fuse coming out of the ground and you'd light it you'd get this kind of um vietnam kind of like boom coming out of the ground like it was like napalm hits it was in yeah. and you put your star wars characters on it and you filmed it in slow motion, and it was fucking great. It was fucking oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, man. I I played with fireworks, but I only I only ever got in trouble with them. I remember one time I fired a bottle rocket through a car door, a car window Ooh. as it was passing. Yeah, it was that wasn't good. Wait a minute. Did it went it went in one side, but it blew up in the car, right? Because the car was moving. Yeah, yeah. So like it went in, and like you saw it bounce into the back seat and pop, and then it was like scared, and we like fucking booked. <laughs> and, and then and we then like ran. there's a beat, and you just heard this baby start crying. You're like, oh, <laughs> shit, you know, that's that's you know, the best one I ever had was they made those tanks that look like World War II Sherman tanks. Yeah, I'm okay. Them, I remember those. But yeah. they had the bottle rocket. And I, we were filming those all over the, the backyard. And one day that fucking bottle rocket just shot out of the tank and came right at my eye. And it was like the matrix. I just kind of moved a little bit <laughs> and that thing just went whizzling. And I, I mean, within an inch of my yeah. fucking eyeball, it was, yeah. it was fun. Fun times were, in Bama for sure. You were almost big boss. That's Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Did you go buy lotto tickets after that? Uh, we didn't have that back then. Wait, we didn't what? have. We well, I was in Bay. I grew up in Alabama from like seventy one to eighty nine. So this was back when stores weren't even allowed to be open on Sunday, because you know, because God doesn't want you to shop. So (laughs) don't say that at Christmas time. People will kill you. Well, I know. And then and then and then and then and then the the religious right was like, yeah. And then the religious light was like, wait a minute, we're capitalists, we're Republican. Oh shit, shop. Open the fucking stores. <laughs> it's like it's like what do we do? So they went with the money. They took the money. Yeah, that's what you do. That's what you do. Um, okay, so we normally start the podcast by asking how everyone's week has been, but I think we've had some pretty playful banter to get it started. Um, so we don't bore you, Mr. Jeffy. We've we've yep. curated a small list of news and we'll sprint through it pretty quickly. Um, okay. The first item being that Game Pass October titles have been announced by Xbox. Um, I'll run through them real quick. If you want to find out dates, there'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, We're getting Dishonored 2. We're getting World War Z. We're getting a Panzer Dragoon game. We're getting Felix the Reaper. And we're getting Yuka and Laylee. That looks like the original Panzer Dragoon. It Um, it has the Sega logo on it. Sorry, not not original, original. The Xbox original. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. That's the last one I remember. Yep, which um, looks, and I probably really will awesome. play World War Z now that it's free. Yep, yep. that looks awesome. The, the division with zombies. It's, very, it's basically that. just a horde mode, right? Uh, yeah, very Left for Dead sort of. Setup. It's Left for Dead and the Division having a okay. undead baby. 
Nice. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I'm glad you threw Undead in there. I mean, I'm also, I'm also a little um, humiliated I didn't get to play Dishonored 2 when it was fresh, so I'll have to work my way through that. Don't feel bad. I've not played any of the Dishonoreds, so you're, you're good. good. There you go. I know they are. They seem like games I would totally be into, but I just... Priorities. Do you know anything about Felix the Reaper? I don't. I've, I've, I've seen it's some cute. stuff, but I have okay. never played it. Um, the next thing from Polygon, Untitled Goose Game, which if you haven't heard of this game, it's bananas. Never heard of it. Um, Everybody's talking about it. It is the best-selling game on Switch right now. The best comparison that I've heard was from Austin Walker over on Waypoint, who said that uh, Untitled Goose Game... Without giving you any prompts, but giving you a few objectives, feels like a Hitman game. <laughs> In that you're nice. a goose, you can do like four things, and you have these objectives, and you have to solve how to do all of these things while you run around and can just like honk at people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I watched uh, I watched Dashy play it for about an hour. It looked freaking amazing. Um, sure. And what an honor, man. What a, Talking about a small dev team sitting up on the bestseller list next to Zelda, Link's Awakening. What a privilege! Like, Holy yeah, that, that was it. Four people on that I, dev team. I, don't I think know. that's what it said in the article. Is four yeah. people. Good lord! How cool is that? Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Um, my phone just decided to stop working. So, um, Rocket League's moving to blueprints from Kotaku. Um, I'm sure Ryan, you've looked into this and have some opinions. We play a lot of Rocket League, but they're going away from, and this is probably because they're owned and not owned, but being published by Epic now. Who has oodles? They of are. Money. They are owned by Epic. They're yep. owned by yeah. Epic now? They bought yeah. them? Yeah. All right. Okay. Bought them. There bought you them. go. So, yeah, they're moving away from the uh, microtransaction by keys to unlock the crates you earn model because I'm sure uh, the publisher I just said, uh, Epic. Epic, I'm sure Epic. Epic was like, you don't need to worry about that. Um, and right. so they're moving away from that and into blueprints. Um, Ryan, you've probably read up on it. What do you think about this? Um, I, I mean, I think it's a good idea. And the way, and what they said in the article, and I don't like that, the way that they worded it for the fact that they were like, yeah, you get these crates and then you have to buy keys. Well, technically, you don't have to buy keys because they allow you to have these things called decryptors that you unlock also. And you can use those to open the crates with it. So you can choose to or you can wait till you unlock a decryptor and then sure. open it. So it's not forcing you to only buy keys. They They're used to do that. They're also all cosmetic. They're also all cosmetic. So like right. you don't need any of it. Yeah, it's yeah. all cosmetic. There's no play-to-win feature with it, so it's not really doing anything for you. Um, like, the best car that has the best hitbox is already a free car in the game, and everybody uses that one anyway. Um, but I like the I like the blueprints because it gives you the option to pay for them. Like, you don't have to pay for them. But at the same time, it's still just, like, in the article, they were like, oh, yeah, we're just getting rid of a loot box just to throw out a brand new loot box for you because you're going to get a, you're going to get one of these and you're going to want to buy it. So you're going to have to buy it anyway. So is it, it's better very to spend more money on the blueprint to unlock, or is it better to spend money on a dollar key to unlock a crate to unlock something mystery, right? But at least, yeah, yeah. But, but the blueprint gives you a guaranteed you're getting yeah, this. You know what you're buying. So, oh, like yeah. That. Panda brought it up. It's very similar to the save the world system, which is so for you guys who don't know that what Fortnite was, before it was a battle royale there was a single player game sure. that existed um for all of 10 minutes uh and then battle royale came out and that overrode it so yeah. thanks for that panda yeah for sure all right and then the last news thing which i think may transition into our topic just because we have some um sony experience here uh sean Layden, um sony interactive entertainment's uh chairman 
I guess. Is that what I said? I'm, yeah. I'm only laughing because you have a picture of Phil Spencer in the notes. Oh, so that's, that's an auto link thing. I don't that's, know. That's oh, an auto okay. link. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. did he did he leave too? Okay. <laughs> so he's a he's a worldwide studio chairman. Worldwide studios chairman. Yes. So this is weird, and maybe there's a little conversation that can come from this. But Sony two days ago tweeted at 6 p.m., which is a weird time. Um, it's with great emotion that we say goodbye to um, worldwide chairman Sean Layden. Um, thank you for it. Like it was really platonic and like, thank you for your years of service and good luck on your future endeavors. Uh, peace. And there was, there's been no <laughs> press release from Sony yet. And they're the links that I kept finding, kept saying that like, there's some leadership churn and like power struggles. And the fact that they didn't at him in the tweet and that he they hasn't did. really said they anything. They fired him. Like if he was like looking at going to a competitor and they found out, that's not like a two weeks thing. That's like a cool thanks, bye. Um, so maybe that's what happened. But there's been a severe lack of communication on both ends in that. Um, but it's interesting. So keep your eyes peeled because Sony's in the process of getting ready to unveil PS5 at some point in the next probably six months, five months, four months, three months. Who knows? Um, Any speculation on there, David? It's probably. F- well, I think they're unveiling PS5 in February. I think that's kind right. of the plan. They, they, that's what they did on PS4. But that's super late. Um, for what? Xbox hasn't Co- com- compared to Xbox. Xbox, Xbox has already. It. Yeah, well, no, they're not fully Probably announced, but like they they dropped stuff at they're E3. They're talking, sure. Yeah, but the yeah. E, the e, the E3 Scarlet reveal was 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 bling. I mean, it, it was. I I liked the E3 press conference for Xbox, and I I'm I'm a huge Game Pass fan. I actually oh, I have Game Pass on PC. I almost went and bought game, uh, bought a, an Xbox One X because the games on Game Pass for console are actually, even though the PC games are awesome, you get more games on yeah, the console right. side. But then I'm like, you know, fuck it, I'll wait for Scarlet. But I mean, I, I thought the Scarlet reveal, such as it was, was fine. But I mean, they 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 almost showed nothing for right. that box. They, you know, it, it really wasn't much of a reveal. So they're gonna they're gonna go back and do another reveal proper anyway so i i don't i don't i don't think february is necessarily too late i mean i could be wrong but that's sort of what the the rumor is but as for sean leaving i mean unless he comes out and says something or in five ten years somebody writes a tell-all book about (laughs) sony playstation you're never really going to know and i say that from experience because there have been some high profile people that have left sony over the years when i was both at sony and i was sort of working with sony as an external developer and I was aware of what the politics behind the, the, the exit w- was. And these were high profile people that all the podcasts and news services were talking about and speculating about. Mm-hmm. And to this day, no one knows what, why these people really left except wow. people who were on the inside. So, sure. I mean, there's a million things. It, it, it could be, you know, on the awful, terrible, worst case side, it could be a health scare. You know, something happened where he's like, fuck it, I, I'm out. Or he could have had a nervous breakdown or him and uh, Jim Ryan who runs... Uh, I think was his boss or uh, uh, parallel in the structure. They, you know, a lot of, a lot of speculation says that they're, you know, at odds throughout the years. So who, you know, Sony's Christmas is horrible this coming Christmas in terms of releases. And so maybe the, the chickens came home to roost and they blamed Sean, even though, I mean that, I mean, Sony's been firing on all cylinders on most of their first party games, but maybe somebody got a B a B in their bonnet about the Christmas releases. So, it, it's impossible to really know. The only thing you really can say is that was a very unusual tweet. That was a very unusual way to do it 
for someone so not just high up in the company, but so uh, uh, public facing. Yeah. Like you remember when, when Reggie left Nintendo, yeah. you know, we knew for months, ceremony. you yeah. know, well, yeah, but we knew for like three months, six months that Reggie was going to leave. Bob Iger, who runs Disney, is going to leave Disney in 2021 or 22. He was going to leave this year, but the Fox deal happened. But people knew that a year in advance. The fact wow. that suddenly out of nowhere on a Monday afternoon, yeah. Sony's like, see you, Sean. Um, there's something there, but there's, you know, we can speculate because it's fun, but there's no real way to have any fucking clue, you sure. know, what, what the reason is. No sure. idea. Sleeper, sleeper prediction. He's going to show up at XO19 on Xbox's stage and be like, yo, what's up? He might, he may have gone to them and said, Xbox offered me, you know, a million dollars more on my contract and back end. Can you guys, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just making this shit up. I don't know, but he could have. And then yeah. Sony could have said, well, we're not going to, we're not going to match that, but we'll show you where the door is. Sure. Uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Yeah, All yeah, I know yeah. is I've known Sean. I've worked with Sean very in limited capacity. But every single time I've worked with him, he's been a stand-up, nice, incredibly warm fella. Yep. Uh, I like him. I have no ill will towards him. I hope he's doing okay. I, 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 on my stream yesterday, talked about what it must be like, assuming that this did come out of nowhere. Um, what must that be like to be Sean Layton, who for the last X years has been one of the top of the food chain at this massive organization that has huge influence all over the world where you've yeah. got assistance and people are hanging on every word and people can't move forward with projects without you. And then you wake up on, on a random Tuesday, you have nowhere to be and you're just like, Oh, I'm just this guy now. I mean, what, it, what is that psychologically? Like I find fascinating and I'm, I'm sure yeah. he's fine. I'm sure the guy's got a bank account, you know, that, that, that won't quit, but I, I don't think he's worried about that. But just that's a fucking shift, man. That's that's yeah. that's a real mental shift that zero, you know, 60 or 100 to zero in seconds flat. So that that's what I'm fascinated by when something like this happens. For sure. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that was definitely the first thing I thought of, too, was like, man, this is quick and not the way it normally goes. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, there's very likely zero percent, a zero percent chance that we'll find out what actually happened. Um, yeah. But who knows? Who knows? Jason Schreier is good at getting uh, good articles put together from people that want to talk. So who knows? Yeah, um, he, he's, he's, he's good at publishing information that's private. That's no one's business, but, <laughs> but, but, but he's, he's fine cashing a paycheck based on sort of, you know, taking information that's not really his and sharing it and calling uh -huh. it news. Yeah. Although some yeah. of the stuff he's done has been great. I liked what he did with like riot. I'm, I, I think he's genuinely a pretty sure. good investigator. Order. But it's a fine line between investigative reporting that is genuinely for the, 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 the sort of the, the public good, like the riot story I thought was great. And then just like, hey, I've got some dirt because I'm good at my job. And for 99% of the population, that's entertainment. And I'm going to publish it under the guise of news when we fucking know it's fucking Star Magazine, Us Magazine, National Enquirer fucking gossip. And that's kind of shitty. But yeah. yeah, the Anthem piece had way too many proper nouns in it. I was like, why are there so many names in this that like I didn't I didn't I haven't read it. I didn't read it. What was it about? So Ooh. when Anthem came out about a month after in March, there was an article that was basically about all of the development struggles at Anthem that Bioware encountered while making Anthem. And it drew from his article on um, Mass Effect Andromeda and like their struggles with dice as an engine not being built for um, RPGs, let alone third person oh. things, let alone things with saves and stuff like that. 
but right. it also had a lot of employee testimony throwing people under the bus and like using oh, wow. first and last names. Hmm. Yeah. And Bioware's I mean, response to that, which at first I was like, yeesh, bad response. But their response was like, uh, we don't we don't talk about our own people like that. So yeah, like, I mean, why would why would you ugh. and so now yeah. like I I I've learned over time, like, eesh, that might not have been the most reserved yeah, way to approach that. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to talk about this shit, but if you're actually an investigative reporter and you've got sources and tools and you're willing to do that, it you know, it's, you know what? Hey, man, everybody's got their everybody's could, got their list of things that... It could backfire, are, though, right? Like, people are going to stop talking to them because... Oh, no, they, no, no. <laughs> no, but, but, because, you know, oh, every, no. every... Well, every game company has, you know, um, a group of people on it, even the ones that are the most successful games in the world that think they could have done it better and they, and they get upset with the management and they, and the management's stupid and everyone's an idiot, but them. And certainly <laughs> someone comes calling and says, we want to hear your side of the story. It's like, Oh, finally hubbub up. I get to, uh, you know? And yeah. so there's always going to be those people that are willing to sort of, you know, throw their colleagues under the bus because they feel they weren't heard on the project, which is fair. I mean, that might be a sign of bad management on the project, but end of the day though, it's probably not very good form. It is what it is. Everybody, like I said, everybody's got their list of things that are acceptable. Mine are, mine are no better than anyone else's. Is just sort of what I think. Yep. Sure, sure. Um, so that's it for the news. Honestly, like I didn't want to, I didn't want to uh, be laborious with it and like go through ten things because you can ask the guys on here, David. I'm pretty good at throwing ten news items in and half the people being like, "Hey, um, can we can we move on?" So it's hard. <laughs> it's how, how often do you guys do your podcast? We do once, it a, once week. a week. Once a week. Well, look, I I've been doing a, a stream podcast, whatever the fuck it is, and I try to do it every day. Uh, and I for a while I was doing it every day, but when you try to do it every day with game news, it is fucking hard, man. It is hard yeah. to find stuff to talk about that it, it, you know, a lot of times I'm just like like tomorrow I'm doing my stream. I'm not even talking about games tomorrow. I'm like, "You know what? There's nothing in the news." We're talking about weird shit people found on Google Earth. I mean, it's just what yeah, are you gonna do? Sure, you know? sure. <laughs> but the, the one the one thing you 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 glossed over though that I did think was fascinating about Untitled Goose Game is the last line in that article that you linked us to, which was <laughs> yeah. talking about how there's a lot of people out there that are sort of shouting for the goose to be in uh, Smash Brothers as DLC. <laughs> yeah. I think that that would be brilliant. That would be brilliant. Yeah, it would be incredible. Yeah, those are some useless characters on that game, and that would be one of the most useless ones. Yeah, well, what was it? Great. It would be great if that one was totally OP and everybody. Had, like, oh, I want the honk! I want the honk to throw people off the screen. Yeah, honk, <laughs> douche, just gone. Yeah. What was it? Blizzard said today that they would gladly put any of the their characters in Smash. Uh, wow. I can't oh, remember. They? If it was, yeah, they were saying that Nintendo can have any of our characters for Smash, and I was like, "That's incredible." Okay. Oh. There okay. we go. Yeah, I'm gonna need a Terran. I'm gonna need a Zerg. I'm gonna need a Proteus. I'm gonna need a Reinhardt. Let's do it. Soldier seventy six. Soldier seventy six. Black Widow. Let's go. Or Widowmaker. <laughs> I didn't even. I wasn't even gonna correct you because yeah, I, it's fine. They're the same. They're person. same character. The same person. Right. Yeah. 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 One's French. One's Russian. Um. Okay. So, on to the main topic. I thought that this last conversation might, this last news piece might lead into it, but. I'm not very good at transitions, so fuck it. Um, so we this is something that's kind of been in the news, not super recently, but definitely over the last few years as social media has been one of the loudest uh, voices that exists, uh, a multitude of voices, legion, if you will. Um, <clears throat> there's this thing happening where game design 
in some ways has been impacted by fan outrage or just those just loud fans saying this needs to be changed whether it's outraged or not is kind of unimportant kind of not unimportant but um we wanted to talk about what like is unified vision the goal or is crowdsourcing the goal and is there a place for both of these things um is there should they be together can you have unified vision while also going to the public for their feedback um, and we thought that you would probably, uh, Mr. Jaffe, be a great person to have talk about that because you've probably interacted Designed with a couple of them. no small yeah. number of uh, few, no small number of public. Well, I kind of uh, wanted to start with um, yeah. the fact that no, all games were designed before uh, before the internet didn't have any public feedback. Zero. You know, uh, I, I would be curious to know if any game was designed around the BBC message boards. You know, with some sort of interaction uh the only other thing i could think of is games that maybe were released sequentially like episodically and what's well know, we, we had we had play tests so we certainly right. got user feedback which was incredibly valuable yeah um i mean you know we threw open the doors constantly on games before the internet was a big thing having people come in and say what do you think i, I remember on the first god of war the internet was had been around but it wasn't as what it is now sure there was like one message board you know and <laughs> sure there, there was i mean there, it, were, there it was the know. internet it was a yeah exactly exactly uh you know <laughs> the information superhighway, if i remember is, is what it was called and um and i i would literally take home and this is how long ago it was video cassettes of the play tests awesome. of people going through god of war and i would sit there on my couch in santa monica with a notebook and just watch second by second oh he's getting stuck on that ledge or this puzzle's too hard or we need a light over there in the background because that's going to draw his eye because people keep getting stuck and walking by the doorway let's light that up with, you know so mm -hmm. you're always looking for that kind of feedback even before there was the internet for sure um, as for now, I think it absolutely depends on the game. I, I think, I think um, if you're talking about a game that is single player story based, um, sure. intending to sort of really express a key idea, the public's involvement really needs to start and stop at the playtest level in terms of mm. where are you getting stuck? What are you confused about? But the vision is coming from the team or a group of people or an individual on the team. And if you start fucking with that, I think it's a huge mistake. Sure. But if you're talking about multiplayer games or more gamey games, then I think you fucking get all the feedback you can because those games are really more about mechanics and those are, you know, you got to see what works and what doesn't work. You got to see what's balanced and what's not balanced. And a lot of times you make assumptions about things and you get close to a game being on the development team. I mean, hell, you guys were talking about Rocket League. You listen to the Psionics guys talk about Rocket League and they'll tell you, they're like, shit, we had no idea people were going to be doing with the vehicles what they're doing with the vehicles in this fucking ball. <laughs> and right. so that is stuff that, that kind of game, I think you absolutely the more the merrier as long as you've got some kind of healthy filter. I think it becomes very dangerous when you've got the development team themselves uh, going online and, you know, I mean, what you guys talking, I, I have a lot to say about this topic, but you guys yeah. go, I'll, I'll come back to it. But that, that that's what well, I, I say. I think it's interesting to your example, like Gearbox is running into that with Borderlands right now is they, there was no public playtest and they made assumptions about how the characters are working. And now they're having to go back and they just released a hot fix that totally changed a couple of the mechanics with the characters because 
Zane, who I absolutely adore playing, was so underpowered until this latest hotfix. Oh, and, he's and made now glass he's too. Yeah, and he's, he was a glass can and fitting for my stream and name, but you know, whatever. Um, and then uh, Flack was just so incredibly overpowered. Um, and I don't think as close as they are to that game and as, as much hype as there was around it, I just don't think they would have ever seen it because that's the way they were there. So, um, yeah, I was thinking about this when I was like preparing for the show, like when the, while the stream was gearing up and music was playing, I was like, I wonder because I, I realized all the games I've heard or seen a lot of public interaction or feedback happening. It's always a multiplayer stuff. And so David, you made a good point, like single player stuff that doesn't really, there's no, well, there's no feedback. I think anyone's going to give uh, naughty dog. No, I'm going to well, change their mind. <laughs> that may be true, but I mean, you certainly, I mean, the most famous one is like mass effect three. Certainly yeah. there was, a, a, <laughs> yep. He brought know. it up. Not me. I didn't do yeah. it. <laughs> um, you know, so whatever i mean i i i the the public isn't always wrong i mean look just because they bring something up and it's not part of the original vision maybe the guys on mass effect 3 were like fuck it these guys are right our endings are shit i don't know i didn't play it um but you know for for me like i'm looking at your poster in the background there that has like control up there the last thing in the world i would want would be the the public to get involved in fucking around with control and going well i don't really like that she's a redhead um and could you could you give her an axe i mean it just just crazy shit and you know when you sit in a real life focus test and it's usually real life people around a table the people who run those focus tests are professional and they are trained to recognize kind of the alphas in the group because mm -hmm. the alphas in the group can really sway the conversation um, and, and you really almost have to have this kind of totally germ-free, metaphorical germ-free environment. You can't have a moderator of the opposite sex or, the, I guess, the same sex, but you don't want your moderator being too attractive. You know, you don't want your mm. moderator dressing in any way except very bland. You don't want the alphas to be controlling the group. There's Because you're trying to get as pure information as you can, and all of those things will affect it. So when you wow. take that and you put it online, and you've got like the alpha oh, on NeoGAF or you've got awful. the alpha on Reset Era or Reddit. And suddenly everyone's like, yeah, fuck it. I like what, you know, uh, I like what uh, Night Panda says. Night Panda's a badass. <laughs> fuck it, yeah. Give it. You know, and, and suddenly you've got changes in the game and the development team is taking this data in and going, well, fuck it. Reset Era says we should do this or NeoGAF says we should do that. So um, you have to be careful of it, but... When it comes to single player games, though, I would I would kind of stay away from that stuff. I think that's dangerous. I think, look, a lot of times you want to tell the public, it's like, fuck you. You want to design a game? Go fuck design a game. There's, <laughs> yes. You know, there's, there's, there's Unity. There's Unreal Engine. There's Game Maker. There's Dreams. There's a million fucking options for you, pal. Go fucking make your own fucking game. Sit down and shut the fuck up. That's what you <laughs> want to say a lot of times. Not because you're being a dick. Not because you don't appreciate the passion. But it's like, dude, we're not short order cooks. This is not yeah. Denny's and you're asking for, uh, you know, a, 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 a grilled cheese sandwich, but you want mayonnaise on it with the side of mustard. It's, this is what it is. You yeah. like it. You don't. That's fucking fine. I see your face responding to that that order. That's what I'm saying. That's the equivalent. <laughs> yeah, that's the equivalent. But sure. what I was going to say, though, is there was a guy on the Call of Duty dev team that came out last week and he was talking about, um, you know. He, he, he did a tweet or something saying, you know what? game community we're human we read these message boards we read these subreddits oh, right yeah. you know, could you guys kind of take it easy and in my mind i was just going dude look 
you know, what I was going to say earlier is when I first started at Sony, they sent me to media training and I thought a lot of it was bullshit where it was like, it was the first time I was going to go off in front of the press and pitch a game. And a lot of it was like this, you know, whatever, but it was kind of most of the executives took it seriously. And it's like, here are the things you can say. Here's how you say something. They'll try to knock you off your point. Here's how you pivot back to your point, whatever. I think these days development teams need like social media training. They need, they need, and I don't just mean don't go online and post, but it's like, you're not going to stop these guys on Reddit or NeoGAF or Reset Era. You can you can go to your own official forums and police it. But it's like if you go out into the wilderness that is the video game culture and the Internet and you're reading about your game and you don't really know how to do that, it can absolutely fuck you up. It can yeah, absolutely sure. fuck you up. And so you, you either have to be savvy about really processing what's coming into you. And going, okay, wait a minute. What what am I what am I really take from this comment here? Right. You know, um, and what is just bullshit that I should just sort of prune off the tree and not worry about it? I mm-hmm. think so. That guy who was asking that on the Call of Duty team, I'm like, dude. Yeah, you know, this, it's work. literally like walking down an alley in a shitty neighborhood at night, wearing fancy clothes and carrying brand new boxes from a, a department store, and you're like. <laughs> I don't know why I got robbed. It's like, yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have gotten robbed. You're absolutely right. But you know what? You're a fucking moron. You're a fucking moron. So. Oh man. So at E3, there was a big one, a, a big instance of this. I think when um, Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics showed off their Marvel's uh, Avengers game, the immediate like backlash for how it looked and how it seemed to play um, was loud and numerous. And one of the things that I've noticed since they've shown the uh, game... The Star Wars game, too. The Jedi game. Yep. Yeah, that's weird, though, because they didn't show that. They didn't show the game well. Star Wars... They did. Still... They did. The Greg Miller thing did not show well. Right, right. But the, the preview on the Xbox E3, I thought, was a totally different trailer, which I yep. thought was a good trailer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, if they right. had done that with the Greg Miller thing, completely yeah. different. The Greg right. Miller thing was like a guy who was super good at the game running through it, not yeah. and every and every person just kind of like stumbling through it. Um, yeah. But with Marvel's Avengers, they people complained about how Iron Man and Thor and Captain America and, and Black Widow and Black Widow looked, not just like and they should have. Okay, that's what I was gonna get at. So like that is kind of crowd sourced feedback that like. I think has changed the game. And do you think that like that kind of feedback impacting someone's because someone's artistically designed those, those character models and was proud of them enough to show them at E3. Do you think that like theoretically, maybe they were like, these look bad right now because they're not done. (laughs) Um, But do you think that like you should be susceptible to that kind of feedback when it's, Something you've like artistically designed to look a specific way? Well, that's that's what I'm saying is I'm, I'm saying that you have to know how to filter social media. You have to be able to say, this is good information. This is consistent information coming our way. What do we do with that? Do we mm-hmm. care? Do we not care? The best way I can describe it is if you make it personal, forget video games for a minute. If I were to insult you right now, like, okay, mm-hmm. if you were to insult me right now and you were to call me short, I wouldn't care. I seriously, yeah. um, I, I don't, I'm five, six. I, I've never in my whole life cared about being a short guy ever. Um, so it's one of those things that if I hear that insult, I'm just like, wait, what? I, it doesn't even register. Okay. Sure. But if you insult me, let's say based on, oh, Jaffe, your, your stream is terrible. We fucking hate it. It's boring. That's going to perk up my brain for a minute because I really care 
about doing a really good stream and a really good podcast, right? So it's very similar. If you get data coming in for your video game and you're the team that designed those characters and you're like, look, fellas, that was Siri. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. She literally- <laughs> I, I, I have a sixth guest. Uh, I have a here. house full of virtual assistants and sometimes they just talk and it's very creepy. But anyway, um, but if, if you're like, fellas, we need to hang fast because we designed these characters for a reason. Marvel's behind it. We're behind it, whatever. But I think what they heard was they took them. Look, subjectively speaking, Black Widow looked terrible. She looked terrible. Thor didn't look very good either. And there is a discussion, you know, we were going to discuss it on my stream tomorrow to be had about, you know, because I talked yesterday about how I don't think Ellie's love interest in The Last of Us Part Two is a very attractive woman. And the idea of where where in video games, like in movies, the CW, they hire really good look people, men and women to play these roles. That's Hollywood. Right. And where, where in video games does that, you know, is that a healthy thing? Is that an unhealthy thing? So if you look at Ellie's love interest, or if you look at Black Widow, if you look at Thor, none of those people were casting camera ready in terms of virtual characters. They weren't. <laughs> sure. That's not an insult. Even though the woman who was based on Ellie's girlfriend is a real woman they face scanned, she's a nice, normal looking human being, but she's not a really attractive star quality. She doesn't look as good as Ellie. She doesn't look as good as Joel. She just kind of looks like an average person you'd see at Trader Joe's. She's like, why is she starring in this fucking game? You know? And so it's okay to say we want to push back against that, but that's really weird, especially in a game like Avengers. That's clearly building off the goodwill of the movies where everybody in that movie is beautiful. Sure. You know, the men, the women, the robots, they're all fucking beautiful in in, in the Marvel movies. Right. And so to say, Hey, we want to build our bones on the foundation of Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, whatever. Here's Black Widow virtual, which everybody knows you're going to be thinking about one of the most beautiful women in the world, which is Scarlett Johansson. And she's a really unattractive virtual character. I think that's information they should have absolutely taken it. I'm glad they did. Hmm. Same with Thor. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Thor, <laughs> Thor, Thor looked like a soda can to me. I did not like it. The new one or the old one? The the old the old the first model we saw I was the like first oh model, yeah oh he they looks like with, a they, soda can with scales <laughs> yeah they did it with Supergirl with uh with uh in in uh, Injustice one or two Supergirl looked terrible for the longest time and they heard the feedback and they go oh well Melissa Benoist is probably the hottest Supergirl there's ever been fuck it let's 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 kind of go along that road and improve yep. her looks and that again that's not a sexist thing that's men that's women that's just it's entertainment you want to make your characters look attractive or Sure. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I've talked a lot, Ben. Well, so, uh, so when, when you talk about people, <laughs> so um, uh, you talk about feedback being required. What about, uh, what about crowdfunding when it comes to Kickstarters and stuff like that? When you've got people that actually spent money on your game ahead of time, engaging that level of, of feedback, is it the same sort of thing where you have to just sort of, I know, think it take I an think average it, or I, what's weird about this is you and I are talking center everything you say i think you're asking me i don't know who you're asking so i don't want to i don't want to hog the conversation no that's okay you're a guest you can talk as much as you want yeah <laughs> but anybody's welcome to answer that okay so. well i mean i i would say that it it depends on on what the crowdfunding promises if you're like hey i'm hideo kojima i'm looking for your money to promote and build my next vision this is my next vision if you're in here's some of the perks you're going to get and he makes it clear you're funding a hideo kojima vision 
-hmm. then I think it's absurd for the people who are funding to expect anything other than what was promised. But there are some Kickstarters that say, help us design this game, help us make the choices. We're going to bring you into the kitchen and you're going to cook this meal with us. In that (laughs) case, I think that's great. But I think you have to be clear going in. Okay. Yeah. Look at Kickstarter as any investment strategy, you know, any type of investment, right? If you're, you know, be, be advised on what you're putting your money into and then understand the risk and then what they're saying, because I've gotten to some Kickstarters where I've been very vocal about it and it's been invited. And then there's been other ones where it's like, nope, we just want your money uh, to David's point. And it's like, no, okay, cool. I'm just going to sit back and get my product when it comes. Uh, And to be honest, I'm more happy with those when I don't have to do anything and I get a hell of a product (laughs) uh, than having to provide a ton of feedback every two seconds. Uh, Because then I'd look at it and go, well, guys, I just gave you my money. Make a decision, right? Uh, I'm investing in a product, in a vision. I wouldn't have given you money if I didn't believe in it. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think the now famous Night Panda says he did Kickstarter on unstable unicorns and exploding kittens. I did. uh, I did exploding kittens as well. And that game sounds like its name is. It is ridiculous for the sake of ridiculousness, but everyone I know who's played it loves it. It is my nine-year-old's favorite game to play with me. She <laughs> loves that game. And Every Eric minute we play. Cats, so yep. anyone, anyone it listening to perfectly. this, don't ex- don't don't pair exploding kittens and fireworks, please. Because <laughs> that's where my brain went first. <gasps> oh, oh, <laughs> never, weird. never thought about it. Now you know what you should do July on your next year tomorrow. is going to be right, amazing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody on Twitch just got uh, banned for <laughs> moving a cat. Off of their stream, so exploding for, a kitten might for, be. Oh yeah, the old, the old, uh, might, the old Chuck. Yeah, might be all frowned upon. <laughs> yeah, might be frowned upon. Oh man! So Ben added this question. Sketch added this question, and I don't know how I feel about it. But he asked, "What would a game designed by journalists look like?" What did you mean by that, bud? <laughs> okay, yeah. right. So, um, <laughs> absolute shit. Take oh that. come on! All right. Whoa. Um, so, all right. So one of the other questions is who should have a voice about a game's design? You know, you've got your average gamer who's got their opinions. <coughs> it could be their favorite franchise or it could be, uh, their favorite developer trying something new, but they're going to have an opinion. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people look up to the journalists at having a more, uh, researched structured idea of game design, right? Almost second to a developer themselves, right? They've, if they're, if they've been in the industry long enough, they've got a better idea of how things work or should work. So maybe their opinion might be a little more pointed, right? Have a little more weight to it. So rather than taking money from somebody for a Kickstarter and just getting the, the general public's feedback on a game's design, what would a game designed by journalists look like? People who have all been studying games for how, however long they've been in the industry, right? Is that is that a thing? Is that worth talking about? Sure. Well, well there's, there's been... Uh, I was just going to say, there's been a ton of journalists that have jumped from, you know, like Mitch Dyer over at IGN went from, I think this is exactly where you're going to go, Caleb, but, you know, he, I can't remember where he went, but he jumped from IGN straight into, um, and then somebody from IGN also went over to uh, Anthony, what was Anthony's last name, Gallegos, uh, he jumped over to Gearbox. Uh, and well, during- fucking, what was the guy's name, Luke, uh, is it, who's who's the guy who's who's running Destiny 2 now, he used to be a journalist over yeah, at Luke One Smith. Up? Luke yep. Smith. Yeah, yeah. that's so, right. Wow. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I guess that's what it would look like. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring up uh, Gary Witta, who yeah. is the writer of Rogue One, started at PC Gamer, um, and then did some stuff with a couple other uh, game websites, and then wrote 
the the script for the Walking Dead games and several other Telltale um, games. So like, yeah, I think there's some some um, validity to the idea that like journalists who run around and and write about games for years dissect and games are, and, and are, think about games and talk about games every minute of their life. Yeah, I'm sure well, yeah, they all have may an be idea. Surprised to know that there is a company called um, I want to say they're called. We call them EDAR. I think it's like an acronym for like EDDR or whatever. But they're basically a company that looks at games coming out and they uh, assess the quality and they they project sales. And they're, they're kind of used by the sales department, the marketing department, things like that. And so whenever a major release is going to go out, when it, the game gets to around alpha, most publishers will contract this group and say, we need to know how much to spend on marketing for this game. We're mm. too close to it. How good is this game? And they will subcontract journalists who will do it off the record, of course, and they won't say who they are and stuff, although some of us know who they are. And they will basically, they will get one or two journalists to play the game and they'll give it a proper rating and a proper review. And it's scarily accurate. Like mm. I, the last one I did it on was Twisted Metal for 2012. And sure, fuck enough, they were like, this is probably going to get an average of 78. You're going to get some people who love it, some people who shit on it. But overall, the Metacritic's going to hang out around 78. And they use that data to sort of decide, okay, well, based on that, this is how much we should spend on marketing and promotion for this game. And so, you know, they are already sort of in the trenches of game development going let us tell you what we think of of, of, of your work. I think who was another in guy Kroll who used to write about video games for Newsweek yeah. uh, it, it has a whole company that does that now. So there's, there's a lot of journalists that kind of jump into development, but you know, yeah, I know all of, yeah, like, it's super E3's, interesting. I know all of E3's, um, what do they call it? Judges week. The, where they yep. send a bunch of people down to LA to see all the stuff that's going to be on the E3 stage and in the show for the next week. Um, I know several journalists that like guys from from Waypoint and Vice and Kotaku and Polygon that all go down and do that. And that's where you see the awards and stuff come from. But I, I've also heard that it's where a lot of companies gauge like their first their first impression um, scores because they'll get them from these people, these journalists and, and there's other people in the industry that are there at Judges Week, of course. But yeah. then um, they take that information and then gauge it based on what they see. Um, the public re- how the public reacts at the show, and then they take those two things and carry those into the next like stages of development. Um, I think Halo Four was big on that. They had a whole series based on the sprints that they did in development, and they had a sprint specifically for what they were building for E3, and then oh, yeah. they had another sprint after E3 dedicated to adjusting what they brought to E3 and how it of compared course. to what the game was going to look like. Yeah, you you used to sit at E3 when E3 public show. And you'd sit there in the background with a notebook and you just watch people play and go, yep, nope, change this, change that. It was like a, a huge focus test that ran for three days and never stopped. It was a wonderful uh, source of, of, of mining data about what was working and what was not working. Sure. Is there any of that still to this day? Or is that more now packs and things like that? It's everywhere. I mean, it depends okay. how, you know, the developer care. It doesn't mean good. The last game I did is the worst game I ever had reviewed or released in terms of commercial success. But we actually got people, we had a table set up for Drawn to Death at the first PSX and people left the the, the, the bank of gameplay and they walked over to me and about four other development teams and were just like, talk to us. What was good? What was bad? What'd you like? What didn't you like? So yeah. 
it, it, it's it's a wonderful uh, it's a wonderful way to get as much data as you can. Sure, I've heard news recently that E three is like proposing trying to make it a more like a Gamescom kind of event. Yeah, yeah, that it's like well, they got to do with more stuff going on. But like all of the responses I've seen so far, and my own was like, I like convention center can't be big enough to host a Gamescom style. Uh, no, they would have to move venues. But the 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 organization that runs E three is in a world of shit after. <laughs> This last year, yeah, and the ESA's and the, waffling the the leak that they had. Yep. So knowing what everybody knows about uh, about putting a product on the internet and watching the internet sort of respond to that, for for good or for worse, if you guys were to design your own game, uh, or in David's case, a new game, would you want to do it in a well curated bubble, uh, and using just playtesting? as your external exposure, or would you want to design a game like Apex or like Destiny where you get an aggregate of everybody's responses and curate a game around that? How do you guys think? Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. It's kind of like asking me what superpower I want. Um, <laughs> I well, if... why, why would you want the ladder? Fuck, what's the ladder? Yeah, nobody wants well, it. Well, to me, the, the ladder is, is Destiny, and Destiny lost me a long time ago because it kept changing. <laughs> But like at the same time, the latter is also Warframe, and you fucking love that game. Yeah. That, okay, but you're talking about when the game once it's out. Yes. Are you talking about when the game is in development? Uh, once uh, it's interesting. Out? Yeah. Well. Uh, well, how many how many games are designed with uh, public feedback? Is that is that a thing? I mean, very few. That's why I thought that was your hypothetical. Hey, what about this? Um, well, I mean, I guess you could look at Apex. They launched with eight characters and one map, right? That's kind of an, that's that's a pretty small game in comparison now the game is being a service-based game has to take in crowd yeah, uh, has to. Yeah. Un- yeah. unless you're just a savant and you're running the team and you're just like i know exactly what everybody wants and and that would be great you could mm-hmm. ask for the moon in money and in royalty but short of that if you're making a service-based game and you don't take into account user feedback i mean sure. you're when you when you have a service-based game you basically have a theme park you're basically running a virtual Disney. You're running a virtual Disneyland. Yeah, and so awesome. a good way to put it. <laughs> Disneyland is constantly out there. You know what's working, what's not working. This line is too long. This ride is too boring. Galaxy's Edge is not bringing in the crowds. What are we doing wrong? And they're adjusting. You know, constantly. I I, I used to have season passes to Disneyland, and I took my kids. We sometimes would go four times a month. We loved it that much. Awesome. And every single time we would go. There was construction somewhere else up in the park. They were always plussing it, always working on it. It's never finished. And I think when you're making a service-based game, that's 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 part of the, the job. Sure. Yeah. This is who okay. we are now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so uh, of the games that, like, we've all played, um, what – studios i don't want to mm, that might be a two-pointed the question but like what instances of like good studio interaction with harsh criticism or just large levels of feedback um have you seen and do you appreciate i know like for instance ryan and i play a ton of rocket league i say i play a ton he's played twice as much as me and panda in the chats played almost twice as much as him but like we were there when they started introducing the loot boxes um, like in larger numbers. And then when they brought in the, the decryptor so we didn't have to pay for them. And then even now, Ryan, we had a conversation a couple weeks ago about how, yeah, it's cool they gave us decryptors, but they give you like one for every 10 crates you get. So right. like it doesn't really help. But like 
being a part of uh, a community of a game that is very interactive with its with its fans and its uh, development process. Like, Ryan, do you think that improves the reason? Is that why you play service games, service based games like like that? Why we play Rocket League? Why we play Apex? Or is it just because it's fun? I play Rocket League just because it's fun. I mean, there there's people that play it for fun, and then like I've got friends that play it for fun and for the fact that they're gonna open a crate and they're going to get a super rare item, and then they can go online and trade that for, like, five keys, which is $5, or 20 keys based on the rarity of the item, and they make money off of it. So, I mean, it's just kind of a give or take. Like, some people treat it like a business, and the fact that they have all, like, fancy, nice cars, and they're still good at the game. So, I mean, it just all depends on the player itself. Like, I play it for fun. I could care less about the items. If I get something cool, great. I got something cool. But I haven't bought keys in like two years. Well, Caleb, I feel like your question changed about halfway through. Yeah, so I was curious. Was the question which developer originally, I think was the question which developer do we think is doing a good job of that? Yeah, so like we frequently talk about how Apex, um, we like the changes, but we think the changes are coming too slow. And Ryan and I have talked about Rocket League and the loot, the crates needing to change and not knowing how, and then seeing the changes they they offered up today, and I just like what changes based on community feedback have you seen? What studios deal with those the best? Do you need a? <coughs> do I need to tell you my answer? Because it's probably pretty obvious too. Ben's gonna we, say we Warframe. Know. We know. Get <laughs> Move on, think, David. Think we say we say that Warframe's ben is community a, outreach is probably one of the best I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and I'll agree with that. They're constantly <laughs> on their stream, constantly talking, constantly getting, and they're using Twitch Constant brilliantly. Updates. Yep. David, um, David, I we think... call we call Ben. Sorry, Eric, I'm interrupting you, but we no, call, no, you're fine. We call Sketch our resident Warman. Because he go, he comes to your door like a Mormon and tries to get you to play Warframe every night, <laughs> <laughs> and almost everyone in our group friend uh, our, our friend group is like, please just leave me alone, and <laughs> they don't answer well, the door. Gotta, gotta mention it in every stream. It's gotta come up somehow. <laughs> yep. And I. It, hey, well, it, look, you're not alone. God knows playing that game. They are. I mean, millions. No, I'm kidding. I, I I'm sure it's great. I mean, <laughs> I I'm fascinated by how. I mean, seriously, that game. I I'm on a message board with a lot of the people in the industry and. It's a private message board, but the guy I remember the guys who were on that were first showing us on the message board this thing they were doing because right before that I think they had Dark Sector or That's something. Right. Yep. And it was like, here's this thing we're gonna try to do on our own. What do you guys think? And we're like, that looks pretty cool, you know? Yeah. And fucking X years later, we're like, Holy shit, this thing it it's reminds me of a more hardcore version of Roblox in the sense that it's this very <laughs> under the radar thing. You don't hear a lot of people talking about it, and yet it's quietly off in its own little world of the internet making shit tons of money and making <laughs> shit tons of players super happy. So it's really cool yep. that you're able to have games out there like that that do that, and they're really not on the radar of, of, of the mainstream core gaming mindset. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for I know sure. very few people that talk about it. Mostly because yeah. I don't want more people. I know fewer people that play it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. well, I know a lot of people. <laughs> I know a lot of people that play it that don't even talk about it. Right? They just they play it on stream. Uh, they stream it. It's their main game. But That's then they the first don't. rule of Warframe, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> first rule of Warframe. I'll don't play, talk about Warframe. Play on stream. <laughs> we don't need any of these people knowing what we're doing over here. That's at all. <laughs> um. I don't know if I could put back to your original question. I don't know if I could put a pin in a developer that's 
I mean, there's people that are doing great jobs. I think the Apex team is doing a good job. I mean, are they slow? But what is slow, right? They're in sprint cycles constantly sure. developing, you know, for this pressure that is getting to the point, uh, you know, and David, maybe you could speak to this a little bit. The pressure is just so obscene that there's a lot of development and I feel there's a lot of burnout, you know, especially with friends that I talk to um, because the pressure is you can't, you can't meet it. There's an expectation that gets set and there's no chance you're ever going to meet it because of hype or things. I, I still point at apex is one of the greatest releases of all time because they said, Hup, here's the game. And then 30 minutes later it was playable. Um, yeah. And there was nothing about it outside of trailer out. And yeah. now play. Yep. Yeah. And it's Literally available now. Play on the trailer in the end was like, go That's play now. with the Dreamcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that worked out. <laughs> that didn't work out. It's out now. And, oh, shit, we're out of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how has, how has like, hype and, and that whole thing that exists, like, impacted? I feel bad because we were, like, 45 minutes, an hour into this podcast, and I didn't introduce you by, like, talking about what you've done um but you you were the you know what i mean like i just realized that and i feel like an asshole um but you we're good at this this whole time you directed and 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 like led teams on for for twisted metal and twisted metal 2 and the one that came out in 2012 and god of war and god of war 2 like how many times did you have to like address the team that you were, you know, leading and say, Hey, like people are excited specifically for sequels. Like people are excited about what we're making now that they've found out that we're like actually making it. Um, but how do you keep people from like seeing that and having just like overwhelming feelings of having to live up to these like Titanic well, expectations? So, I mean, the first time it ever hit us was on God of war. We came back from three and until we went to E3, you know, I believed in it. Some people on the team believed in it, but none of us really knew if we had anything, you know, I like it, but who the fuck knows, you know, <laughs> and E3 was really wonderful. And I remember Shannon who ran the the production team, we all gathered in the atrium of Sony Santa Monica. And she was like, you know, downloading. And I was downloading all the data to the team of like how people had responded and the awards we got and the previews we got. And certainly when you come back from E3 and you have that kind of, um, uh, those kind of accolades, everyone's fucking on cloud nine and motivated really hard and things like that. The next game though, when I did twisted metal 2012 and I mean, there's video of me online in a hotel room in Vegas, just about to lose my fucking mind because when that game launched and I, I think it's probably one of the best twisted metals we've ever made. But when that game launched, Agreed. we were having a real big problem with, getting people online and the net code was great in twisted 2012, but the problem wasn't the net code in terms of once you were linked, it was working with Sony's backend to get people linked. This was before PSN had become yeah. robust like it is now. This was like, you know, I mean, it, you know, the, the Sony hack had just happened and fucked SOCOM. I mean, it was, it was not a good time to be releasing primary online games on where um, with the backend that they had at the time. And so dealing with the community then, you saw their goodwill go from like, I would be tweeting and making videos. And it's like, I know some of you guys are having a hard time. We're about to push a patch. Let me know. And I, I mean, we were, you know, we were calling people at their homes, just like, thank you so much for buying our game. And we're sorry, you <laughs> oh, wow. know, and then That's that funny. just starts to get rightly. So the customer starts to get pissier and angrier and matter because they bought this game and it's not working. And I, because I was the face of that game, I took the brunt of that. 
which I was fine to do. You know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. But ultimately, you know, you can't go to the public a lot of times and say, well, here's the deal. Sony's back in on PS3 for network games really is kind of shit because sure. they're having they're, because they're having they're having political problems with what Japan wants versus what America wants and the online mentality of games in America is very different in Japan but a lot of these high end decisions about what the back end infrastructure is going to be is taking place you know across the fucking Pacific Ocean and they have their own political battles that they're fighting you can't at the time go online and explain that and even if you could, the guy who just spent 60 bucks at Best Buy is like, I don't give a fuck. Right, just make it work. Fuck, make this shit work, motherfucker. And they have every right, you know. So I, I've, I've been any everywhere and anywhere in between, and there's only so much you can do, at which point you just have to sort of look out for your own mental health and say, guys, I'm here for you. I'll answer your tweets. I'll be here. I'm not going to respond to people being assholes to me other than saying, I get you're mad. We're doing the best we can. And then on Drawn to Death, which was the first service game I ever worked on, even though it didn't last very long, that was a really good experience. I loved interfacing with the with the uh, with the community. I loved, you know, pushing new content every week. And and you know, you're asking how the team felt. I mean, the, the only problem with the service game is when you're flying high, the team is flying high. Mm. But when your game isn't received well, but they still have to come in Monday morning and bust their ass to get a new group of content a new mystery box item or whatever new skins or a new mode to, to come out two weeks later and they still have to work just as hard as if the game were a hit um that's really hard it's really hard to keep people motivated it's really hard to keep people uh looking for new jobs while they're supposed to be creating art assets and things like that but i also imagine if you're on the Fortnite team you want to fucking jump out a window because that's the biggest game in the goddamn world. And it's going to go down in history as being as big as like Pac-Man was when I was a kid or sure. as big as, you know, the first Mario was. Right. But I can't imagine. I know the guy who leads that effort. I can't imagine what it would be like to be on that team and the grind never fucking in. So we right. get to sit back and go, ooh, Batman's coming out for Fortnite. Ooh, Thanos is coming out for Fortnite. And there's a bunch of poor people sitting there wherever they're making the content going, I'm so fucking tired. I just want to go home and see my newborn baby. It's like, no, motherfucker, you're working on Fortnite. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, all, it's all over the place. Sure. And they've they've been in the news relatively recently about their their work schedules and, and uh, having people working like 60, 80 hours a week, which... Yeah, is- and the customer doesn't care. The customer should not care. It's not the customer's problem. But ultimately... Is it sustainable? Uh, answer is probably because those people will burn out. And new people will come in. It's getting mm-hmm. easy. It's getting easier to make games. Tools are getting easier. Fortnite's not the kind of game that has to have bleeding edge technology like the Naughty Dog games. It's basically a really yeah. beautiful art design game, but it's not very complicated in terms of how it looks and how they sure. create that. Runs on a bunch of uh, on a bunch of computers that aren't the top of the food chain and mobile phones and shit. Um, mobile phones, phones, like there's not mobile phones. There's anyway, like there's stationary phones. phones anymore. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's like when people say interactive video game, like what other kind of games are they? You just stare yeah. at it and, you know, call, but, call but I mean, my landline. yeah, well, but, but it, it's, it's, I mean, ultimately though, there are going to be people to fill in the gaps. So as those people drop out and it's like, okay, well, thanks for your service. We're going to get these 20 other kids who are dying to get into video games. Hmm. That's just. Hmm. That's the way it is right now. 
And I'm not saying it's good. I don't. That's a really refreshing point of view. Like most of the people in my sphere are all about keeping these studios in check and making sure unions step in, make sure hours don't go over, and that people, you know, like, you know, keeping things the way they feel it is. It's it it should be. And you're sort of, in a way, stating it from the other side, saying like, hey, it's the way it is. It's working. It's going to continue to work. Unions will never, unless something changes. Unions will never so mad at me when i say that they're just like so fucking and i'm not and, and i'm not saying i'm opposed to unions mm-hmm. i think unions have been great for a lot of industries in america but when you're basically unions only work because they can apply leverage they can apply pain to pressure points of the people that they're negotiating with that i mean unions are not magic they're like oh you want this we represent these people if you don't do what we say you don't get what you want it's very simple hmm. but the publishers they're they don't have any weak they don't have any weak points to attack for massive damage, right? The publishers just kind of go, okay, well, you rep- you represent the guys that rig and the girl rig the characters in- for animation. You- they don't want to do it for this. All right, we're going to go overseas. That'll even work because we'll send that over to Hong Kong or wherever. And in the morning when the team comes in, all that'll be done. So we'll basically be developing 24 hours and we'll be doing it for pennies on the dollar. Great. And, and so it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's fair. It doesn't yeah. mean it's right. But between that and between the fact that you have people who are willing to give their left, their left fucking foot to get into the industry, the people who basically want to be treated better, what leverage do they have? Right. Other than just morality, it would be, you know, the good companies should still be good companies. I'm not saying these are sweatshops, but right. there are some that are. Yeah. Sure. Interesting. I have nothing to say after. No, that. yeah, that's oh, yeah. a yeah. that's a very <laughs> kind of, a very contemplative thing. To... That was that was enlightening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd never we so we had a conversation. Um, ben and I had a conversation a few weeks ago with a gentleman from Game Workers Unite over in the UK, um, and uh, it was a really interesting conversation about unionization in Europe. And most of that conversation was very pointedly when it came to America about how like the game industry would just have to change so much here for it to work. Yeah. And it's working in smaller companies like Europe because homogenization or just different work cultures altogether. And so we're seeing that he said that they were seeing like smaller countries institute nationwide laws for a nation of like 25 million people, but you've got right. like cities of 25 million in the United States. And so like, yeah the implementation process here much like you said would it's gonna things would have to change wildly or they just won't um right so yeah it's interesting hearing that from somebody and by the way that's not defeatist that's like whenever i argue you people they'll act like i'm being like well it's never going to work if you have that attitude i'm like i'm not that i'm 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 just just where i'm starting from i'm saying this is how it is today if you're really serious about unions and you're not just trying to get some virtue signaling points on the internet and you really genuinely want to fix the problem, then let's talk about that. This is the way games work right now. How do you create pressure points that unions can apply to the publishers in America? And when you do that, then you have a pot to piss in. Then there's a real conversation. But don't fucking come at me and act like you're all high and high and mighty because you're I'm unions and Jaffe, you're not. No, I'm just telling you the way it is. And you're not showing up with any ideas. You just want to keep getting kudos online. Fuck you. Sure. Fuck you. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, David, oh we, we, <laughs> we generally wrap up our shows with. A, th- a segment we call bounties. It is called bounty board after all. And uh, okay. it's a, it's a segment where we 
tell people what we're reading, listening to, watching, and or playing. It can be all four. It can be one or two of those things. Uh, and we kind of share it with the group. Um, so do you want to, do you want to like, do you want to take the lead on that? Do you want to hear sure. us talk about it first? What do you want to, what do you want to do? Well, do you just say what you're reading or do you talk about it? We talk about it a little bit like a, like an elevator pitch for why, why not, somebody why else go, should be why into it. You, you go first and I'll go. I'll All see right. how it works. Sweet. Right. Okay. So right now I am watching Good Place. I'm wrapping up season two. That show is incredible. If you're not watching it. It's great. You're it's wrong. Great. It's, one, it's one of my new, new favorite shows. It's oh, absolutely incredible. It's so good. Yeah. It's, I didn't think it would be and it just keeps getting better. And the fourth um, and final season just started. So. Yep. Yeah. I have to like turn off the internet for a month or for not a month for a while holy um, ho- holy shirt right or fork balls. holy forking holy shirt forking balls. shirt balls yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me, me and my kid watched the first two seasons and uh, we haven't gotten to season three but it's great yeah season three is bad shit <laughs> i've heard apparently season three and the ending of season three is so emotional that like very much several people i know sobbed and i was like wow. what that yeah, show's it's funny to, it's it's hard to realize how that's possible you'll find out Cool. Yeah, that sounds intimidating. Um, I'm not reading anything right now because I'm a Luddite. Um, Playing a lot of Ghost Recon. That game came out on Monday. I I heard it's not good. I'm enjoying it. Wait, what have you, okay. How have you heard that it's not good? No, hang yeah, on. Where did you hear? <laughs> no, I'm curious what the complaints were. I, I, I haven't read the articles. I've just seen a bunch of uh, headlines about it's rife with uh, microtransactions. It's really buggy. And it's not as good mm. as Badlands. Those are the kind of the headlines. I haven't played it. Interesting. Either. Yeah. So I've I've encountered a few bugs, but it's, I've also played it the first two days it's been out. So I'm 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 a little um, I'm a little flexible on things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I recorded one uh, that I was I was streaming yesterday, and I recorded like the bit that it bugged out so that I can send it to him because it's this weird like equip your class gadget and then no buttons work. Like you can walk around. But you right. can't aim, you can't shoot, you can't crouch, you can't throw, you can't do anything at all anymore. Completely goes away. Is that away. game officially out for sale or it's like an open beta? Or- so it's if out. you bought the $100 or $130 versions, you got it on the first. <laughs> you, you get it two days early. For you, get a, you, got it, you got it four days 40 early. 40 or $50. Four days. Yeah, you got it on the mouth. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a swallow is, fire. Is that a lighter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that's either enough. a magic trick or gonna be really enough. painful. Enough, enough. Yeah, so I <laughs> you just rolled your eyes a lot, but I bought the hundred dollar version of that game and oh. uh, got it on the first. <laughs> uh, Hashtag part of the problem, right there. <laughs> 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 right. Awesome. Uh, shit. <laughs> yep, I am. It's okay. Hey, I got guys on my stream. Two hundred dollar uh, Last of Us. Uh, but I'm like, why for some cheap plastic fucking statue that is going to collect? The- I just don't get it. But oh anyway, my god, like, I'm so hey, glad hey, my hey, camera hey, isn't. Pan, pan, no, no, pan, no, pan, no, pan, no, pan, no, no. Please. <laughs> He's got every every Halo figure that came out with the game. I have like a two hundred and fifty dollar Titanfall statue in my in my office, but I got one right. of those back there behind the green screen. You're yeah. all right, good yeah. company. It's all right. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm. What I'm doing, David, is I'm hearing things i'm not really worried about and so i'm not gonna let them uh, i'm not gonna go. impact my development process you should you should you should uh, you should watch a movie on Netflix. 
It's called The Minimalist. That's that's my recommendation. I've watched that movie I've and I fucking it. loved it. And let I keep it, buying let shit. Take it in, man. Take it. In. <laughs> oh man, we're we're about to have our third kid. My wife and I are all about that movie right now. <laughs> are you though? You're right. adding children. You're adding children. No, but we're getting rid of shit. we're getting rid of shit. Of the other ones. Like, oh, the other yeah, ones. the other ones. There's too much shit. Yeah. Those kids have burned out. We're going to get in some young yep. ones. <laughs> <laughs> Call back Central. In. Call back Central. Um, I'm actually really enjoying Ghost Recon, but I'm also kind of starved right now for tactical stealth games. Um, Splinter Cell's been eight years um, silent, and I'm wondering what they're going to bring out next. And we, you, you mentioned earlier SOCOM's death at the hands of late uh, network issues and, and, you know, whatever. So like Changing it's it, yeah. it's filling it's filling a it's filling a spot that hasn't really had anything in it. Assassin's Creed That's last good. year wasn't my jam either. So like right. yeah, it's my it's my stealth thing for now until cool. I get into Dishonored two on Game Pass because it's on Game Pass now. Oh, well, yeah. I mean and none of your wait 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 have... wait what's on Game Pass? The new Ghost Dishonored Recon? two? No, Dishonored two oh, is Dishonored on Game two. Pass. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say what? Okay, sorry, no, Ghost Recon is not. Outer Wilds is at the end of this month, and I am pumped yes. for that. But um, that's watching, that's reading, that's playing um listening i'm not listening to oh no that's not true apple music if you're subscribed if you're not just stop listening um has a playlist called a classical edge and it's classical music with electronic supplementation yep oh my god it's so good <laughs> if i put that music cool. on while i'm driving in a car you could do anything to me and i won't get upset i got cut off the other day and the person slammed on their brakes to turn and i was just like i'm fine <laughs> I could wait for I could now. wait for a few more minutes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's super good. Uh, subscribe to that if you would. If you or, uh, add that to your playlist, if you want, it's dope. But that's the rundown. That's how we do it. So do you want to? You want to go next? Sure. I am playing Yoshi's Crafted. Playing Gears of War Five. Almost done with that. Playing um, River City Girl, which I'm adoring. I'm almost done with that. Yeah. That's um, I am reading Rendezvous from Arthur C. Clarke, which is really good. I am reading the Bob Iger book about his tenure at Disney over the last 15 years called The Ride of a Lifetime, which is really good. And I am reading a book called The Outsider, which is a Stephen King horror book that was mm -hmm. published last year, which is really, really good. Um, I am watching Madam Secretary, um, and I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting Supergirl and the Flash to hit TV next week. Um, are those shows good? Uh, yes. Flash is one of the... So the CW uh, superhero shows are the most authentic, even beyond Marvel. They're the most authentic comic book shows ever made. The costumes, they're all good. They're yeah, and they're made by people. I mean, it's everything from just genuinely good writing, especially the Flash. Supergirl was not good for a long time, but I had a, the crush on Melissa Benoist. But then <laughs> last season they actually got some new writers, and last season became a genuinely interesting, good show. Okay. Um. So it's everything from genuinely being good superhero shows, the costumes, the the vibe, all that. Flash is wonderful. Down to things that if you're a hardcore comic nerd, they will literally have scenes in the show where they are riffing on a panel from a classic yep. comic book, like with the Flash and Supergirl, or they've had they have multi this this season they have multiverse where they have three Supermen. They yeah. have like Brandon Roth and uh who are the other ones? The guy they have on the CW playing Superman. And then uh, the guy who was on uh, Smallville. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it's, it's really cool. It's, yeah. and, I'm a Mar and I'm a Marvel guy, but these are great fucking shows. So I yeah, started with, like, yeah. 
I started with like Arrow, and I remember getting... I didn't like. I did not like Arrow at all. Okay, cool. That that makes me feel better because like season three of Arrow, I was like, nah, I don't want this Arrow, anymore. Arrow was their first crack at it, and Arrow right. was kind of like, we don't have a lot of money, so we're not we don't have the money to really embrace the superhero thing. So it almost felt like a a guy in a costume doing like a, a procedural cop show. Yep. Yeah, but it once did... they got, and I hate that They're shit. Always in abandoned once, warehouses. Too, yes, everywhere. exactly. Always. But once they got to the Flash. <laughs> If you watch the first few episodes on The Flash of season one and you don't like it, you're not going to like it. But it is right. so wonderful and breezy yeah. and fun yeah. and captures the heart and soul of that character. It's awesome. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, as for listening, I'm not a big aficionado of music. I mean, in terms of like the shit, you're, I have Apple Music, but I listen to a lot of Christmas Bing Crosby all year round. I'm listening oh, to fuck that. Oh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No, awesome. I know. Um, I'm <laughs> listening to um, uh, what the fuck is the other thing I listen to a lot of is. Um, Oh, the Mary Poppins Returns soundtrack, which is great. Okay. Um, and, and I finally got into, I started listening to the beginnings of the new Frozen 2 soundtrack, which is is really cool. You can kind of find leaks of it online. But I'm not a big music aficionado guy at all. I'm just kind of right. like, I'm, I'm like top 40. I still like Phil Collins. I like Taylor Swift. My kids have moved on. My kids are like, let's go see like palais royale and shit i was like what the fuck is that you know but um <laughs> yeah, sure. and they don't want to go see Katy perry or taylor swift anymore but i still love that stuff so that's that's what i'm into right now all right gotcha. so um cool. ryan why don't you hit us up with what you're what you're doing um let's see uh watching i'm going through and watching all old shows because i have a newborn and i can't really pay attention to new stuff so i'm watching like <laughs> friends and the office because i've seen that 30,000 times in the past two years. Um, I'm watching Community. Um, I'm watching Superstore, which they just dropped a new season. So I'm trying to finish up season four to get to season five. That's a really funny show. I think it's a one that I can uh, substitute for The Office just because it's a, a, a new comedy to have. Um, playing, um, I've been playing a lot of rocket league like normal and then today apex dropped their new season pass or yesterday sorry yeah season three. um yeah season three the new map is fantastic the new guns are awesome the new character is incredible wait um, is there more than thought, one new gun uh no just new, yeah it's just no, the, the uh, charge, 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 charge rifle, rifle and then yeah. new hop up there's yeah a... they have new hop ups they, they have a double tap that you can put on the eva 8 or the g7 scout and it's literally like a rapid fire for the shotgun. And so like you can put out a lot more rounds. Eva's so much more powerful. Um let's see. Oh, the new character is basically Bloodhound with a drone, but when you put the drone out and you detect enemies, it literally leaves them highlighted until they shoot the drone. So uh-huh. you can just put them in the air put it in the air above them and they and if they shoot it, they shoot it. If not, you have the exact location of where these people are. Tech used it the other night. And I got three kills just out of nowhere. That's like, why I saw a meme super with uh, Takeshi Six Nine's face on the drone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God, so yeah, Apex yeah. is super good right now. Um, they don't have the old map anymore, so they took that away for right now. I I hope that's a temporary thing where you oh, can switch back and forth. Yeah. Um, I think they just want people to dive into it. So, um, listening yeah, maybe to maybe they'll bring it back changed. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, listening to, um, I just have a, a couple playlists that I've made on Google Play that I listen to just as a bunch of random stuff. It's got country, rap, rock all mixed together. So, gross. Um, 
That's about it. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention, I've been listening to a shit ton of Queens of the Stone Age. I, like, rediscovered how much I love them. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Sketch, why don't you go next? Uh, mine's going to go fast. Uh, I'm not really listening to anything new. Um, uh, I'm, we're, we did start a bunch of new shows. We watched episode one, uh, first few episodes of um, The Terror. Uh, yep. The show of the 1850s ships that get stuck in the Arctic Circle. And then supernatural mm. things happen. It's incredible. Um, AMC show. Uh, we started Barry, which is very, very good. Um, I've, heard, I've heard that's good. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's awesome. It, that show's Hayes, incredible. Tour dude. de force in that. But, um, and then we started Fleabag, which is amazing. Um, what else? That's And then, of course, we're starting. We were right on track. I'm finally up to date with the show. We're on. We watched the first episode of the fourth season of The Good Place. Dope. So that's cool. Fleabag uh, is one of those shows everybody talks about, and it's I, I, there needs to be like a, a word for it where it's like I'm annoyed by it because everybody won't shut up about it, so I'm not watching it. <laughs> but I need to. But, but honestly, be, you ever have those shows where it's like sure. shut the fuck up about the oh, fucking Game of Thrones was that for years, it's like, shut, for me. right? And it's like, but I hear Fleabag is so good, and I just for some reason it, it just has occupied that pace in my in my brain where it's like, oh, it's that show. Yeah, Shut up about like, fucking so what, bag. So what's going to happen right. is that's going to die off. That talk's going to die off. Then you're going to watch it. Then you're going to want to oh, talk right, about right. it when nobody else wants to do that's, it. That's I how do, the I office do what, was for me. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my boss talked about it for years, and he's like referencing shit. I was like, all right, whatever. And then like I stopped working for him, and then I started watching it, and I started texting him like, dude, this show's amazing. He's like, dude, <laughs> I know. I don't, who's the oldest guy there? Where? Where? In your in your chat, like in your oh, podcast. Between. Oh wait, it's between uh, Glass in the I'm black hat and and yeah, and no, Ben's sketch. got me by Ben's got me by a couple months. Something. Okay, so uh, the reason I'm asking is because you when I was a kid, I'm eight, so it you it used to be that everybody watched the same thing because you had three fucking channels in PBS, <laughs> and so yep. I mean, and, and there was actually a charming nicety about that that everybody would come into school the next yeah. day. And you had all seen MASH or you had all seen the Six Million Dollar Man or whatever the fuck it was you were into or G.I. Joe or whatever. And now it really is the fact that your boss is into the office and two years later you're into the office. There is something if you're a sociologist in 100 years, there is something fascinating and potentially lost about the fact that we no longer have entertainment like we used to as a shared frame of reference. I think I think that's done something. Yeah to the culture that it is not great. I mean, I don't think Maybe we should go backwards. that's why Game of Thrones is so successful because everybody was relevant and current with Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, I think... That's... Except me. <laughs> <laughs> I have never... Yeah, I couldn't get into it. But, I've yeah. never yeah. seen it. Never seen a single episode. So I have well, a proposition. Point stands. I have a well, proposition. I mean, hold on, before your proposition, oh, that's why it. I think... Well, I was just going to say with, to, Ben's <laughs> point, to Ben's point, David's point is I think that's why I think Disney Plus's move of releasing stuff week over week is a brilliant... Uh, play eh. so it gives <laughs> that game of thrones I'm, quality I'm anti-binge so i like yeah, oh, anti- i love it i love it I I've and, it's, paid, and it's in I've his name for, i paid for three years already i am so stoked and excited for disney plus i can't awesome. wait but you're excited that the mandalorian you're gonna have to every yep, fucking i'm good week. with it yeah i'm good with it i, I like why? that too why yeah. why why, why? Because, because he's a curmudgeon because he's a curmudgeon no 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 so i i work a lot um, is it because it's going to cut into your Warframe play? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's a nice yes. jab. I appreciate you. You fit right, right. in. But no, yeah. uh, I'm making a, I'm making a book right now, and every every minute I'm not working on it, I kind of feel really guilty. So I only watch a couple hours of television a day. 
So the girlfriend gets home, we eat oh, dinner, I watch TV, hours. and then I'd be like, I gotta go back to work. I'm sorry. Right, I have right, to. right, so, right. Yeah, I, I can't binge eight hours a day of. Hey, you know, a couple of hours of Office is like eight episodes. Come that's on. true, but t- <laughs> yeah. you know, most episodes are 50 minutes these days. So, so you're watching you're, three you're, episodes you're, of Mandalorian wouldn't be fun. Oh, I'd love that. Maybe just oh. wait. Just wait till they're all up. Oh, that's sure. what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna let it yeah. pass the zeitgeist, and then I'm gonna just binge it. But hell, I, I'm I'm excited for the Anna Kendrick fight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm super you're down a for com- that. You're a comic artist, right? That's right. So when you say you're working on a book, is it your own, or is it like you're doing a contract with Image or Marvel or something? Uh, I'm making a book with Red Five right now called okay. uh, The Butcher Queen, and uh, book one's on the shelf, and book two's coming out in a month. So okay, I asked because I I, I am a huge comic. Nice. Bunch of boxes in the, but there came a point where. I started using these online read comics that are scanned online for free services, mm-hmm. which are awful. I know it's <laughs> awful, but I would go into a comic book store, which it sucks. You have to go into a fucking store. You can't just go down to the goddamn Seven Eleven. but it is what it is. Yeah, right. And I'd be like, okay, Actually, I'm in the so movie. Walmart's bumping up their comic sales. They're going to start selling comics now. Those, to to more than that. those, more than the big yeah. giant volumes. Okay. That's great. That's yeah. wonderful. But anyway, the prices on comics are, I understand maybe that's what they have to be, mm. but you don't, I like, would, you don't like four and $5. You don't like that. Not for a pamphlet that I can get through in about 12 minutes. It, yeah. it, it seems broken. And, and then they don't want to piss off the comic book stores and so digitally, which I thought was going to be the savior of comics, it's like, great. I don't mind spending a buck 50 on a comic, right. but they can't do that because they're going to piss off, you know, the fucking diamond the distributors. And so I'm well, just from yeah. your standpoint, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure you don't like the people who are out there reading free comics, but it's no, so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. It's not illegal, even though it's horribly immoral. Um, it's illegal for the people putting them up, but it's not illegal to read them because you're not actually streaming them or downloading them. But it's absolutely bad karma. <laughs> but but ultimately, though, I don't think I, it's too it's too expensive of a hobby. I mean, is there interesting? No, that's good feedback. Um, and it's it, it's a really interesting industry that's been changing a lot over the last few years. You know, the MCU and the DCEU, all that had a nice positive swing for comics and readers and stuff like that, especially with younger readers, which has been a hard media or a hard demographic to tap for the industry. but Isn't that uh, crazy that comic books can't tap a younger media? Yeah, uh, it's, it's absurd. Um, yeah. But it's, it's all about you know, Fortnite. <laughs> right. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, uh, it's reading in general, really. It's They want immediate gratification, so they want to they control it in their hands, right? But uh, I think a lot there's, there's, a lot of ma- there's a lot of moving parts, and Diamond Distribution is definitely one of the largest gears in this yeah. machine. And they have a lot of say. It's it's a monopoly. They they run things. So if if you sell your book for a dollar on the internet, then yeah, they're gonna have something to say about that. So um, we've got our book on Comicsology. I don't think it's any cheaper though. It's the same price, and then right. you don't get to hold something. So right. So it's like, right. why would I do that? So yeah. I, I was just I, was, I wanted to hear from who does the because I love the medium and I've read comics since I was like four years old and I still read them. But yeah, once somebody turned me on to that site, I was just like, I can't really spend five bucks on a fucking comic book it's it's an absurd ask yeah. so i i just i just have a very limited pull list so i'm reading four or five things a month tops and i only go to the comic book shop every other week you know i don't i don't go every week and have a stack like this and spend I, I used to do that and it would be right. like 220 bucks and yeah. my wife at the time was like really 
I'm like, no, it's just, <laughs> just going to yeah. put it in a box and it's going to get old. And so that's... Oh, no, I, I throw them away. I don't collect anymore. I just like read them. I just want to read the fucking things. I love the stories and the art. I don't care about collecting. That yeah. was a thing. People are like, oh, well, they're expensive because the paper. I know this isn't what your podcast is about. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's okay. fine. Go for it. Go for but, it. But but there's a company called, I think they're called Anthem, and I've never read any of their comics, but they've gone back to newsprint um, to mm. lower the price of their comics. And I keep Smart. meaning to get into a comic store to find it because I know a lot of people are like, oh, you don't want that because the art doesn't look as good. But I'm like, man, I just want to read these fucking cool stories with the cool art. I don't care if I can't yeah. hang it on my fucking wall. Just right. fucking, can I, can I get a good value for my money? But right. Yeah, What's sure. your comic called again? Your comic's called what, though? Butcher Queen. Butcher Queen. What's the yeah. genre? It's uh, cyberpunk. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's a cyberpunk sort of detective thriller. I will look for it when I am in the comic store. Probably once every maybe three. Now, it used that, to be every but cool. Yeah, that's fine. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, of course. I'm, I'm one of the people that goes to... I, I do the I go like once every three or four months and spend like a hundred dollars. Yeah, but I don't. But I don't buy. Yeah, I, only I don't trade. buy issues. I buy trades. I yeah. wait yeah, until I, there's five books or five issues thrown into a yeah. book and I buy like six, seven, eight of those. There are a few series that I want to stay up to date on. Uh, Sean Murphy's Batman White Knight. I, he's I'm a super fan, so I got to read that. But uh, a lot of times I'll pick up the first issue and go, yeah, cool, that's good. I'll buy that when it's on trade, which yep. sucks. And as somebody who, as a creator, that's awful, and we hate that because we watch the pre-orders on the first issue. Just we sell thousands of copies, and then every subsequent issue gets less and less pre-orders because yeah. people just wait for the trade because it's more bang for your buck. Ten, fifteen, twenty bucks. It is the it is the weirdest business. It's like yeah, every it's other business, strange. every other business people that are smart sit down at the executive level and go. Guys, let's fucking fix this. Let's yeah. let's let's turn the ship around. We have this amazing industry and comics just seems like from the outside looking in again this is what we were talking about with games right it's so yeah. easy to be a backseat driver or a monday morning quarterback i don't fucking know what the industry is really like but from the outside looking in it's like it's like dome to dome we are the comic executives at marvel we're fucking morons and i know that's not true <laughs> i know that well i can't speak for marvel but uh but it feels true yeah. It feels yeah. like, guys, don't you want to sell more fucking comics? And I'm sure they're like, yes, Jaffe, you motherfucker. Of course we want to sell more comics. There's a lot of shit you don't know about. And I, I respect that. But as a fan, I'm just like, come on, guys. Five bucks for a fucking 22-page issue or four bucks? That's a, that, with with 15 pages of ads, right? Yeah, who, who's going to pay that? No one. I don't, well, pay no that one. Much, I don't pay that much when I, when I buy a 60-page a New York Times. No, I can rent a fucking movie for $2.99 on Apple TV two hours and it's it's fucking big budget all this shit and, and i'm just like you want me to pay 4.99 for a comic book it's mm. crazy i've never thought about it that way that's interesting that's a very interesting analogy yeah i thought of it that way the movies yeah. cost but, uh, yeah my book my book is 3.99 everybody go buy it um <laughs> <laughs> what's your queen uh, shit. uh david i wanted to a posit i wanted to to throw out an olive not even an olive branch but like a potential uh, word for the thing you were trying to put a term to for stuff that you that's in the zeitgeist that you fucking yeah. hate just yes. call it, it, it the shitegeist there you go shitegeist is good yeah. i like it it's not that i hate it it's just that i hate that everyone about it and it turns me off even though i eventually yeah like, yeah i hear again i'm sure i will love fleabag but I'm so tired of hearing people talk about it, I'm not going to watch it, which is so dumb. Yeah, but that's a, <laughs> that's a show for you that has moved from cultural zeitgeist to cultural shitegeist. Shitegeist, that's right. It's like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. If I was running around 
for people to watch that and people like shut up about the fucking Maisel Jeffy. We're sick of it. But anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, hi, Ryan's <laughs> wife, who's unaware that she's on camera. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling her. She's like, no, no. Yep. Uh, yep. You <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah. Hello. Um, <laughs> we got and, uh, we got Eric's uh, bounties to go through. Yeah, Eric. Eric, what are your what are your things you want to share with people's? Uh, Borderlands Three. I mean, I'm just so I'm through two playthroughs of the main campaign already. Uh, on one character, uh, full clear on Zane. Everything is done. Uh, about to start leveling another character. I'm uh, hopelessly addicted to this as I did was Diablo Three. Uh, as I get with Diablo, those type of games. Um, so I'll be playing this for quite a while. I'll probably take a break when. Uh, what is it? what is the RPG that's coming out? We just mentioned it. Outer, Outer Worlds. Worlds. Thank you. Uh, comes out. Uh, I just finished up reading uh, Matt Best's book. Thank you for my service. Uh, Matt Best is one of the guys who founded Black Rifle Coffee Company. Hmm. Um, so he is. Uh, he joined the military at eighteen. Dude is super interesting. Joined the military at 17, shipped off special forces. Uh, he talks a lot about in the book about how he became a YouTube star uh, before starting Black Rifle, making the, and then the t-shirt company that he ran. It's just, it's a really funny take on being an internet personality and turning that into a legitimate business. Well, that's cool. That sounds good. Done with, yeah. uh, with that. And he, uh, super cool guy, not listening to anything new. Um, other than that, yeah, just, borderlands and getting ready for baby number three in january <laughs> oh boy um I'll well stick to one yeah yeah the two is two is in the air right now we're, we're thinking about it but we're catching our, our one well, my, is... <laughs> see see y'all got y'all are gonna have like real short gaps i've got five years between the first two and now we're gonna have another five years between the second two so the first one is going to be expected to help with the newborn. There you go. My, my, brother's, <laughs> my brother's six years older than me and my sister's nine years older than me. So, right. Yeah. So exactly. So it's, it, there's, I feel it's some good spacing there. I've got time then. This is good to know. Right. This yeah. is good to know. Yeah. yeah. Wait, until yeah the kid you, can, uh... wait until the kid cannot die on her own and then have another. Oh, no, that never goes that's away. Weird. That's weird and dark. Uh, that is yeah. weird and dark, but that <laughs> never, <laughs> away from that. that uh, never goes away. Two things, David. What are you most anticipated, uh, anticipating? coming up either this holiday season or shortly after anything game wise that you're really, really looking forward to. <laughs> well, I want to, I want to play the new Zelda side for that. Uh, I know it's already out, but I haven't gotten it yet. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about death stranding. I think they have Same. released enough that I'm like, okay, I'm curious to hear what this is like, but mm-hmm. I could see that one going either way. Um, yeah. In terms of, other than that, I mean, I, I'm loving the fuck out of Game Pass. I mean, I love the fact that I'm just trying so much shit right now that I never would have tried before. So I'm really enjoying just, uh, you know, what, what what did I just down? Let me see. I just downloaded and I'm ready to finish up Gears and get into, oh, uh, Bloodstained Ritual uh, just came out on Game Pass, which is fucking yeah. crazy. Uh, and uh, Creature in the Well. So I'm excited. You know, oh. a, a lot of Game Pass. Um, Creature in the Well is very good. That's what I hear. I hear. Yeah, I and and then I'm excited to see Star Wars. You know, I'm excited for I'm excited for Frozen. Sure. I'm excited for Disney Plus. I'm excited for I'm a big fall, Christmas, holiday, Halloween guy. So awesome. we're in we're I, I literally before I got on this podcast, like 10 minutes before I ordered a thing called a snuggle, which is a basically it's like a a, a, a blanket that 
that you sleeves. live in. A snuggie? The sleeves. Snuggie. And a, and a, snuggie. Got no, one. Yeah. yeah, but it's not just the snuggie. It's got like the hat or the, the, the hood. <laughs> and it's like a big fucking muumuu. And I love the fall when it gets cold on the couch. And we yeah. just sit there and we just binge the fuck out of television and movies. So I'm, that it's, sounds it's, delightful. It's, it's good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. That's awesome. Right, so, and and then, so are you working on anything you can talk about right now? I I have been playing around with starting some new games. Honestly, right now, most of my time and passion, what I call the Jaffe stream, which is yeah. somewhat of a daily stream, but it's a a stream I do on YouTube and Twitch and whatnot. Yeah. Um, it's just just fun. It's like a people call in and talk, and it's kind of like a it's not really a podcast, more like a live radio show. I'm having nice. fun doing that. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's nice. awesome. Cool. Um, so if people wanted to follow you, uh, David, where, uh, where can they do that? Uh, at David Scott Jaffe on Twitter is. I'll tweet it out whenever I've got new it out. Uh, so at David Scott Jaffe over on uh, Twitter. Dope. Um, you can find me at Lubwub on Twitter and everywhere it's important. You can follow nerdy bits at nerdy underscore bits on Twitter and underscore nerdy bits on Instagram because some German account that hasn't posted in eight years still has that. Um, Sarge, where can people find you? They literally haven't posted since 2011. Go ahead. Sarge, uh, you can find me, uh, Sergeant Sodium on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram for the most part. Dope. Uh, Ben, where can people find you? At Sketch Sawyer everywhere. Sweet. And Eric, where can people find you? Hybrid Glass everywhere. Dope. David, thank you so much for being on. It was yes, awesome. Cool. Thanks for having me. Thank I you hope, guys. Didn't, I hope it honor. didn't annoy you thank at all. Yeah, it was fun. It was, was. A lot, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was Awesome. I appreciate it. Um, we post the the podcast to watch and to listen to on our website and on YouTube on Fridays. So if you want to check it out there, anybody, go do that. Um, thanks for watching, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you guys. Cool. Thank you, Take guys. Care. Talk to you later. Bye, everybody. All right, thanks, see, you, bud. Thanks. see you. See ya. Thanks. <laughs> I'm like, I want to leave the stream on for a second because we're... Ah, 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 God. All right.